kids here? What do you want to, do you think I would want to be like the guy that drives the truck with the big long haul, they call it, because truckers got to eat in a restaurant every meal. And I seriously, I grew up, you know, like we ate pot roast, seemed like every Sunday. And I was like, I'm sick of it. I can't believe it. And now I buy a pot roast microwavable dinner by Marie Callender because I love it so much. When we last left the children of Israel, they were traveling under a cloud. If you remember, if you were here last week, if you stayed awake, hey, you only have 27 at the most minutes with, with me left. You can do this. You can, put up, you can put up with anything for 27 minutes. And then when you're done, you'll say, I did it. I can endure. Anyway, last week we talked about the children uh, receiving directions from God under the cloud. This week, and, and they... If you remember, they were grumbling. And in our story this week, the children of Israel are grouchy again because they're hungry. When my daughter is in a bad mood, the first thing I ask her is, when is the last time you ate? Because you are not yourself when you're hungry. (laughs) Snickers? The candy bar? Most of us, I reckon, get enough food. We don't worry about where our next meal is coming from. Most of us don't know what it's like to be really, really hungry. Scary hungry. Fort Collins has 400 restaurants. But we still are dissatisfied because that restaurant isn't here. I live in Windsor. We have 50 eateries over there. Is there anyone here from Windsor? Can you believe we only have 50 choices of where to go out to have food made for us? I feel you. Our problem isn't isn't if there will be food, it's if we'll be in the mood for it. Have you ever gone to the refrigerator and opened the door to a temperature-controlled compartment filled with meat, vegetables, dairy, fruits, and said, there's nothing to eat? What's the problem? Have you ever said at like 12.30 or 1 o'clock, having enjoyed a complete and satisfying breakfast, Five hours earlier, have you ever said, I'm starving? Right? We're not starving. We're just not satisfied. The first thing God said to a human being, if you remember, you know what the first thing God said to a human being? Eat. You are free to eat. Hello, Adam. I am Yahweh. I created you. Would you like something to eat? Before God said anything else, he said eat. We have to remember that. God leads with yes. 
And we, so it began. And we have been obliging God ever since. We are eaters. We eat to live, but we live to eat. Eating is necessary, but eating is also an adventure. Don't you, like, when you go out to eat, you feel like you're on a little vacation. It's just, it's a diversion. It's like, I pretend like all that stuff isn't going on. It's, it's a break. One of the funnest things about, most fun things about, is funnest a word? I keep forgetting. Funnest? Is it okay? One of the most fun things on a road trip is picking a place to eat. One time I went to, it was Belfouche, South Dakota. And I was all by myself. And I went in the grocery store. And they had a deli and they had egg salad sandwiches that they made. Egg salad, best egg salad sandwich I ever had in my life. We eat with old friends and we share food and make new ones. We do business over food. We, we celebrate events. We remember lives over food. We go to weddings and then we eat. We go to funerals and then we eat. My grandpa used to go to funerals of people he didn't even know because there would be something to eat and it would probably be fried chicken or egg salad sandwiches. <clears throat> Very prolific funeral attender. We, we, go to, we go to ball games and watch professional athletes and you better have food, right? Uh, we, we go to the movie. Like, whatever we do, it's not this one thing enough. A wonderful movie, a wonderful uh, theater, theater experience, uh, a ball game. But you better have food, too, right? And then we'll complain about it if it's not good enough or whatever. Some of you are eating right now. Aren't you? You're eating. <laughs> Most every Sunday of my life, I was thinking about eating through the sermon while the preacher was talking about substitutional atonement and that Jesus was coming back again, probably today, and most of us were going to be left behind. And I was thinking about food. We remember meals, don't we? We remember the really good ones and we remember the really bad ones and we remember the odd ones. I remember one really odd meal in Springfield, Missouri. There were, our church had this thing called Dinners for Ten. And that should be a warning. Like, that's a stop sign for me. Dinners with eight people I've never met in their house. No, we did. <clears throat> and we went and this guy had, the, the host fell asleep standing up like a horse. <laughs> for real. And then, and then um, we bro- I looked over and on the, on the co- cupboard on the countertop... The cat was licking the ice cream out of the ice cream carton. That we brought the ice cream. And then when we got to the dessert and they said, cake, and you want some of your ice cream with your cake? And I said, no. And he said, but you brought it. I said, I know. It's weird, huh? And then when we're leaving and he says, hey, don't forget your ice cream. And we ran. Run for it. Never looked back. Never looked back. the second thing God said to Adam was don't eat so there's stuff we can eat and stuff we can't and the God who said eat makes them leave the garden because of something they ate and we come to our story of the exodus the food they ate and the food they didn't eat and the children of Israel miraculously escape from this empire 
and this slavery. And the last thing they did before they left was eat the Passover. And Moses said, always remember this meal and eat it every year. And when you eat this meal, when you taste this, you remember. You ever have that? Like when you taste something, you remember what God did. Remember that you are free. And so they eat their last meal as slaves and they leave. And a month and a half later, they're out of provisions. And they're hungry. And this is scary. They might starve. This is for real. And they can't understand how is it that this God could free us from Pharaoh and then let us starve out here. And they begin to grumble. Genesis or Exodus 16, the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Then Moses said to excuse me. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he heard your grumbling. Sometimes it pays to grumble. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. Mm, Foul. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, shazam, like magic, thin flakes, like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. What is it? Man, na. Manna. Literally, manna in the Hebrew means what is it? Do you remember that candy bar called the Wetchamacallit? It's pretty good. What is it? Wetness. Just keep that in mind. And they ate it, and they were satisfied. And you remember, remember times when you were so thirsty and that drink of water? Remember times that you were not starving, but so hungry. And top ramen tasted, it's the best you ever had. And they ate it. And for a while they were content. Then they weren't. They got tired of it. I know people who lived on mostly top ramen 
noodles for years. Like in college, you ever hear those guys that say, yeah, I ate top ramen for breakfast and every meal for four years. Love this stuff. And it comes with four uh, various, it comes with various flavor packets, right? Like, can you name them? Beef, pork, chicken, what? Shrimp? There's shrimp? Which is your favorite? That the dirty little secret is, if you close your eyes, they all taste the same. <laughs> Salty? Mmm, we like salt. They ate manna every day for 40 years, and they were grateful for it, and then they were tired of it. Uh, no flavor packets, no breading, no deep fryers, no delectable sauces. They baked it, they boiled it, and that, that's about it, and they got sick of it. And when people get bored, they get into trouble, don't we? <clears throat> and, and people got grouchy, and people got stressed, and God got stressed, and Moses got stressed. And God said, I'm done with these people. And, go, and, and Moses said, I'm done with these people too. And Moses said, I want to kill them. And God said, don't kill them. And then God said, I want to kill them. And Moses said, no, you can't kill them. And so they didn't kill them. <laughs> Numbers 11. The rabble with them, the rabble. You get a big enough group of people, there's going to be some rabble. The rabble with them begin to crave other food. Crave. What a word. And again, the Israelites started walking, wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Yeah, but you were slaves. Yeah, but the fish, it was worth it. And the Oh my goodness, the cucumbers and the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. And they're just closing their eyes, remembering. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin. Mm, that looks like resin. wonder what it tastes like. The people went around gathering it. And then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves. And it tasted like something made with olive oil. Sick of this. It's not satisfying. But they keep eating it. And they keep traveling. And while they're traveling, Moses talks to them. And he tells them about where they're going. And about how when they get there, what they will eat. You will eat fruit from trees you did not plant. You will eat sheep and cattle, milk and honey, promised land. When you get there, you will eat and you will be satisfied. And this is life. When I get there, I'll be satisfied, right? <clears throat> when I get that, when I get her, when I get the promotion, when you get this promise. And then Moses asks them to remember the trip. Remember where you came from. Remember that you almost starved. Remember that God delivered you. Remember the meal. Eat it. Remember the manna. Remember that God gave you bread. 
to remind you that life is more than bread, that food is a teacher, food as a teacher. What does it say about God that so many things that God does with people were with food? What does it say about us when we share food? And God and Moses said, God gave you bread to remind you that man does not live by bread alone. Then Jesus comes along. Oh, boy, could he eat. Jeez, did you see how much Jesus ate at that wedding? Man, he's a glutton. Eat, 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 and drink too. He's, he's a drunk. They called Jesus a drunkard and a glutton. <clears throat> and he says, let's eat. And he talks about it. He picks up the food talk. He says, when you pray, pray this. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread. So central, so familiar. When they asked him if he was going to eat one time, he said, I have food that you don't know about. Um, you should do that sometime. Like go to a restaurant and they, when the wait, server comes and they ask you if you want to get something to eat, just say, I have food you don't know about. <laughs> See what they do. It's fun. I've done it. <laughs> I have food you don't. Jesus, you talk funny. Yeah. He told them, blessed are those who hunger. They'll be filled. I'm hungry. You hungry? He feeds them miraculously. He eats with them on the journey. And one day, after a particularly famous and delicious meal, with their bellies satisfied, he looks at them, these humans who've been traveling with him, who've chased demons and been chased, who've survived storms. He says, you like this, don't you, the food? But don't, 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 uh, don't be dominated by your need for the spectacular. Don't be mastered by your cravings. Don't seek food that spoils. What is food that spoils? It's things that when you get them, they leave you kind of empty, you know, when you get too much of a good thing or too much. He says, don't, let, don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. What is that? And then he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. The bread that came down. You're talking about Moses? I am mana. I am what is it? I am the whatness. I am what I am. I will be what I will be. And, and don't, isn't it interesting how many times, if I could stretch this out a little bit, when Jesus would do something, they'd say, what's he doing? Or who is this? Who is this who forgives sins? Who is this who speaks to the storm and it calms? Who is this who breathes on the disciples and says, receive my spirit? He takes something so dear to us, so central, something we can't live without, something that makes us so glad when we have it and so grouchy when we don't, something that I have seen people dig out of a dumpster, something that people in this world will kill for if they have to, and something that we have plenty of and get so familiar with 
What does it say about familiarity? Mm. Something around which we celebrate and remember something that delights us at times. Familiar foods which comfort us. Unfamiliar foods which confuse us. What is it? And he says, I'm that. I am that which you crave. I am that which you look at and say, what is it? I am the bread that came down. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Let me in. And he is sweet. And sometimes he's bitter. Do you remember? See, I grew up in church, but if you can remember when you first came to some sort of an understanding or a sense of the grace of God, of the spirit of Jesus. Now, for some of you, that, <clears throat> that might be a really poignant and you can remember it. For some of us, we've been around it all our life and we've gotten used to it and familiar with it. But we've all had times, I think, and I hope, when we have, we have felt filled to use a, a food word, filled with the Spirit, and new and like, man, this is real. This does satisfy. Jesus is alive. Man, I will never doubt this again. I will always be satisfied. And then we get used to it, and we wonder, what was that? And then we smell something cooking somewhere else that might be so tasty, something new or something old and familiar. Wonder. Because we're never satisfied. Just can't sustain this. Jesus' last speech, Revelation chapter 2. He's re- re- John wrote to some churches, but Jesus, you know, he, he lived, he died, he was crucified, and then he rose from the dead, as the story goes. And then he went to be with the Father, right? But then way later in Revelation, he's talking again, talking to a man named John. <clears throat> and he says, these, these, this thing he repeats similarly a couple times, to those who overcome, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. Do you remember the tree of life? You remember that first story? Adam, they eat this fruit, and then God says, we got to get them out of here, or they're going to eat from the tree of life. And that was always bewildering to me. What is so wait, and then now we have Jesus picking up that, and he says, no, you get to eat that, which I think that's really good. And I'm excited about that, kind of. <clears throat> but way at the beginning of the story, we have eat, God saying eat, and way at the end of the story, we have Jesus saying eat, which is great. To those who overcome, I'll give them some of the hidden manna. So to those who overcome, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. To those who overcome, I will give some of the hidden manna. Hidden manna. Manna is what is it? Hidden is where is it? I'm going to give them some where is it, was it? Was it, what is it? Where is it, what is it? What is that? And he'll say, oh, just taste it. And you'll be satisfied. I wonder what that tastes like. I wonder if that can fill the empty spots in us, in me. To those who overcome, to those who hang in there through the test, life is more than bread. Life is more than satisfaction of cravings. To those 
who hang in there over through the wandering, through the bitterness, through broken dreams and broken relationships and mixed bags, through squabbles, through budget cuts and windfalls, through the good meals and the bad meals and the odd ones where the man falls asleep standing up and the cat licks the ice cream right out of there. To those who overcome when you crave, when you say, what's wrong with me? When we say, what is it? I'll feed you fruit from the tree of life. I'll take you to the place where I keep the best stuff. The where is it, what is it? The hidden manna. And we'll eat. Let my people eat. Key takeaways. Back of your bulletin. Humans. I'm speaking to you. We get what we want, but we want something else. True. We're little kids, we come out, we're hungry, they food us, feed us, we're satisfied. And then we get sick of the food, we want something else. We're little kids, they give us a toy, we're so happy, we're happy with a box. Then we see some other kids' toys and we start becoming dissatisfied. <clears throat> we get what we want, what we need, but we want something else. This is, the, this is our condition. Number two, we get what we want, but we are not satisfied. We get what we want, but we are not satisfied. And you know that to be true, right? I mean, we do. It's okay for a while. It's never enough. Now, let's just sit on satisfaction for a moment. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So there's bread and there's true bread. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life, life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that all the time. And Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You're not talking like, I'll never eat again, right, Jesus? No. It's a metaphor, right? Yep. So if I come to you, I'll never go hungry. If I believe in you, I'll never be thirsty. I think we're talking about satisfaction here, Jesus. And I did. And I have had satisfaction, but not content all the time, not satisfied all the time. And I think there's something wrong with me. And I think, why isn't this enough? Why do I want more? And where, how do you deliver satisfaction, Lord? Do you just, how does it get into me? <laughs> all right, <clears throat> last sentence. Overcoming, colon, being satisfied with not being satisfied. Being satisfied with not being satisfied. You jerk. That's it? Yep. It's okay that you're not satisfied. It's the cycle of being human. But it can be overcome. And that's the test. 
We do not live by bread alone. We do not live only by that which we take in or which that which we experience, which gives us temporary nutrition, meets our needs, or satisfies us. It's more than that. It's a test. Life is a test, partly. And there is the grace of God. And how many of you have ever overcome things by working really hard, and then all of a sudden, God's Spirit put wind in your sails, and you became what you were trying to be like it became real it wasn't just a game you were tricking yourself Uh, our youth ministry here has a mantra and that is pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you and I know to the cynic or whatever that sounds a little bit like a platitude like a bumper sticker but I'm just saying we might as well tell ourselves the truth overcoming is about overcoming ourselves uh This kind of overcoming that Jesus is talking about is the grace of God and the fight. Fight, fight, fight. We can do it. It's okay. We can get there, but we have to fight for this. Grace in the spirit and the discipline of the fight. Let's pause. God, we humans, we're not satisfied. Grace of God, help us to be satisfied with not being satisfied. Give us eyes to see things that we've missed, the simple pleasures of life, the meals, the music, the moments, to to not be always thinking, when I get there, I'll be satisfied, but to to seize moments and let your spirit accompany us the sound of a metal arc on a morning the taste of something sweet the face of an old friend the hope of satisfaction in life 